So in this episode, we finally have a Garibaldi-centric episode. It's about time. God, the man is awesome, and we haven't had it. Okay. <laughs> this is a good episode. Um, I like this one. It really goes in-depth into his character, and it showcases a couple of things. And it does a few things badly, and it does a few things amazingly. So... One of the things I want to point out right off the bat here is this is not the first time we've heard about President Luis Santiago, who is stated as being someone who is very pro-cooperation. And yet, when I say that, I say that in my terms. This is what I would phrase that as. And yet, every time it's stated, it's stated as very pro-alien. That mere statement, the way it is phrased, the word choice to utilize says everything about how unpopular this gentleman is amongst certain individuals in power and why it is that so many people are so interested in assassinating him. This is also not the first time we've heard about the Home Guard, and I feel like this episode probably demonstrates best the level of influence the Home Guard has. In fact, even though it was hinted at in the previous episode, or rather I should say it was stated in the previous episode involving the Home Guard, this episode really shows the level of influence of the Home Guard, to be able to have this level of money, infiltration, and influence throughout this, uh, the actual Presidential Guard, in addition to the people who have the money to get, you know, the, the, the fake bribe done and all that fun stuff, that says something about how many people in power support the Home Guard. And that's significant. I also love the brief glimpse at internal politics. EarthGov is not as unified as it would seem to be. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about early Babylon 5 is basically each of the alien races is presented as if they are unified, except Earth. EarthGov is not unified. We see this in several different ways and have already. But I love the way they showcase it in this episode. Well, even someone who is in support of Babylon 5 is only now, two years later, getting them the fighter wing that they are long overdue for. And I love that they don't just skim the surface on that issue. What I mean by that is that's obvious. Everything I just said, you know, we're getting a fighter wing two years after we were supposed to. That's an obvious issue. Getting the worker crews trained and set up for that, getting the area renovated, uh, getting the maintenance bay overhauled. Oh, excuse me. So many yawns today. Um, in order to make sure that the fighter wing is capable of being used, all of this infrastructure, basically, that should have been in place for the wing that isn't there because they haven't had the wing for two years, it just goes to show, and I like this, Babylon 5 does this a lot, that issues don't just affect the surface. That's not just a bruise on your skin, to use a parallel. There's actual blood vessels and muscles and otherwise issues below the skin that are also hurt by it. And I like that Babylon 5 usually bothers to discuss those things. But again, it gets across the point. EarthGov is incredibly fractured right now. Um... And I'm not just talking about the Home Guard situation, although that's involved, obviously. Um, I love the the use of foreshadowing in this episode. Now, this isn't really a spoiler, because let me look at my calendar really quick. Uh, yes, the very next episode is foreshadowed in this episode. Uh, so I don't feel bad about spoilering something, sort of. The spoiler here in this case is the in the next episode, just in brief, it's going to be discussing things about uh, overworked workers who aren't really that well trained and who are working way too many hours. That's actually mentioned in this episode. It's like the primary plot of the next episode, but it's mentioned in this one. I point this out because too often writers, and I've fall victim to this as well, writers think that foreshadowing has to be big stuff. 
you have to foreshadow the great, amazing events of epic awesomeness. But I like it because Babylon 5, in several cases, will do quieter foreshadowing. Foreshadowing something that's much smaller, but pointing it out early so that it doesn't just come out of nowhere. So that all of a sudden, this issue just appears and, and was never mentioned before. It helps do what I love most from shows like this and from games like uh, well, Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy XII are probably some of my favorite examples of that, but there are other examples as well. In other words, it makes it feel like a living, breathing world because it's not just all of a sudden, and then an issue pops up and then is resolved. It's like an issue is building and then pops up and then is resolved. It makes it feel more natural, more like these events are actually happening rather than stories happening on a screen. Definite props there. Um, I like that this episode really helps delve into Garibaldi's negative character traits. I mean, he does come out as a pretty decent guy throughout this, and as well he should, but we pretty much see Garibaldi, I wouldn't say at his worst, but definitely at his worst thus far in this episode. We've had hints of his alcoholism prior, prior to this episode. We have. That's been a thing that's been discussed. This is the first episode where it really is flat out stated, no, really, he has, he is a recovering alcoholic. There's a scene... It's my favorite scene of this episode. If I was still doing the post-credit things and, you know, copy wrong wasn't the stupidest thing in the known universe, um, I would have that scene being played because it's brilliant, in my opinion. Re Rewatch this episode, I implore you. It's about halfway through the episode. Garibaldi has run away to a bar and is hiding there and has been given a drink, uh, a, a flask, basically, of alcohol. And while he's... Uh, so the music, while he's there, you know, because a guard came looking for him, is tense. But the tense music doesn't stop once the guard leaves. Because the guard is the external threat, but now Garibaldi faces the internal threat of the alcohol. Anybody who is a recovering alcoholic, or someone who is trying to overcome alcoholism, can tell you, and it really boils down to a very simple concept, one drink is too many. You know? For someone who does not have that problem, for someone who has never had that chemical dependency or anything else like that, or the psychological issues associated with it, you think, well, it's just a drink. You know, it's a toast at New Year's or whatever. What's, what's the problem? But for them, that one drink is a big deal. So we have Garibaldi, who's just had probably the worst day of his, of his recent career. Again, worst day we've seen on camera. He is literally beaten and bruised. He has, in his mind, no allies, even though, as I'll be discussing in a moment, that's not true. And he sees no possible future. So he is just down bottom of the barrel. And he has, in, he has literally been given this, this booze right in front of him. Gifted it. And so the tense music plays. Normally in television, this is the type of music that would play when, oh my god, are they going to find the bomb before it goes off? You know, that kind of music. But it plays for a gentleman sitting in a bar staring at a, a glass of alcohol. And it's so appropriate. Because that is exactly how tense and how dangerous that situation is for him. The idea of crawling back into that bottle and all that that would mean to him. He doesn't want to do that. I loved that scene. It was very powerful and very impacting. Um, I love, love uh, how this episode once again showcases why uh, Garibaldi is more chaotic good than lawful good. I hate to keep using that terminology, but it works so well because he tried lawful good. And this will be explored more in the future. He has tried lawful good. He's tried to be by the books and to do things by the letter. And it didn't work. 
In fact, it worked out the opposite. It made things much, much worse. And a friend of his died, and he lost his life. As a, uh, his, 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 he didn't die. Garibaldi didn't die, but he lost his life as a result of those actions. And, yeah, it helps to inform why someone like him would believe in the chaotic good ideal rather than the lawful good ideal. I also feel like, and I don't think this has ever occurred to me before until watching this episode this time for this rumination, that's one of the reasons I feel that Garibaldi and Sinclair get along so well. Because Sinclair is very clearly lawful good, and Garibaldi is very clearly chaotic good, and the both of them generally basically agree with each other on what they consider to be good. So the two of them cooperate and team up very... The teamwork between the two is great in how they can accomplish things, because one of them is willing to completely bypass the rules if necessary, and the other one is willing to work around and through and with the rules as necessary. In fact, there was a scene in this episode, I had to pause the episode because I was laughing so hard, where Sinclair shuts down the Major. I mean, just shuts her down. Bam! And she can't, and he's like, no, I'm tired of this, and I'm tired of that, and you want, you want to get on your personal vendetta and your blood in the way. It's great the way he just lays into her about that. I was so... And then the very next thing that happens is Ivanova's like, do a maintenance cycle on, uh, on communications to ensure, that, <laughs> to keep it going. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, I, uh... There's a great scene... There's two great scenes, actually. One between Garibaldi and Londo, and one between Garibaldi and Jakar. The Londo one, once again, informs why Londo is my favorite freaking character on this show. He's, he's like, ah, oh, yes, there's this, and it will do that, and blah, 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 blah. But in addition to that, when, when the cards are dropped, this is not the first time this has happened, too. Londo just drops everything, and he says, look... You and I are not actually that different. And it's true, by the way. Londo and Garibaldi are actually fairly similar to each other in many different ways. And the difference is Londo is much older and has basically already given up. Garibaldi has not reached that point yet. He's gotten really close to it, but he never actually reached that point. And that's really the key distinction between the two. And his line about how much he, he likes the idea that someone like them could actually have things work out for them. That's why he's helping uh, Garibaldi out. I loved that. So wonderfully human. Um, forgive me for the, for the statement, but you know what I mean. So fleshed out. So much of a person there as opposed to a caricature. I loved that. And then the scene with Jakar. I love that too because it once again shows insight into how Jakar thinks. He sees this situation and in his mind there is no doubt Garibaldi is actually innocent of what he's being accused of. That actually doesn't matter to him at all. What does matter to him is Garibaldi is a very intelligent, very skilled individual that the Narn regime would benefit from having on their side. And he's right. He is absolutely right. Garibaldi would be an amazing asset for anyone who uh, manages to attain his loyal services. It's one of the reasons, I feel, why Sinclair pushed so hard to get him on Babylon 5, for God's sakes. That man's an asset. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but Garibaldi is a valuable asset. So, yeah, I believe Jakar's offer to Garibaldi was genuine, and once again, a sign of respect. Uh, similar to how Garibald, or Jakar showed respect for Sinclair in the previous episode. This will be done more of in the future as well. Uh, I also... I, I don't have much else to say about this episode. It's just a great episode. I do love one thing. One of the things I have praised about Garibaldi throughout the series, even up to this point, we're at, like, what, episode 10, 11, something like that? Okay, let me check my notes. 
uh, 11. We're on episode 11. 11 episodes, well, 12 episodes of our counting uh, The Gathering. And I keep pointing out over and over, Garibaldi is a great detective. He's great at not looking at the surface. He's great at digging into something and really being thorough. And I love that about him. This will actually come up in the future, too, in one of my favorite episodes, uh, Passing Through Gasthemony, I believe is the name of the episode, something like that. It's, it's like my favorite episode, or one of my favorite episodes of the show. He's very thorough. I mention this because the other investigation is not. Well, we found evidence in his quarters. He's guilty! Moving on! That is surface. That is a surface investigation. And to be completely blunt, from a professional and a personal perspective, that's almost criminally negligent to only look at the surface like that. Now, you could argue that they were so busy tracking down Garibaldi that they didn't pursue other forms of uh, avenues of investigation, and if you were to do so, that would be very stupid. You do not have to commit your entire team, most of which are, you know, your entire team, which should include people like analysts and investigators and whatnot, towards finding a man in a manhunt, when you could also be... Inve you get my point. Garibaldi, on the other hand, if he had been in charge of this investigation, I feel he would have figured it out eh, pretty quickly. He would have been like, oh, okay, chukong, chukong, chukong. Well, there's this here and this here, and we found this. Oh, my God, okay, and then there was this transfer in, into ducats, and aha, you know, psh, bam, could have been able to dig into it. But no. And once again, why I say that Garibaldi is an asset. Um, I thought about putting a spoiler thing at the end of this. I've decided not to. It was literally just one line, and I didn't feel like adding one line of spoileriness to this. So I'm not going to. It's it's just an observation of, of something I find amusing. Uh, sorry for the short episode. This was a great episode. I really liked watching it. I hope to see you guys next week uh, when we'll be discussing... What's next week? Um, ah, yes, right. By any means necessary. So, see you around, guys.